Connection and engagement brings you ideas for connection with others and activity ideas to promote maximum participation and help people enjoy a good quality of life. Susan and Andrea bring decades of experience working in the disability field. They have a passion for working with people with disabilities and the people that support them. This is a practical podcast, giving you tips and ideas for building relationships and providing activities. They are both occupational therapists currently working in the field of positive behaviour support with Scope Australia. Welcome everyone to Podcast 4. It's Susan and Andrea here again. Today's session is about another type of sensory focused story and Susan's going to kick it off. All right then. Look, when you're trying to build connection and engagement, telling and reading stories is a great way to do this. And if you introduce items to explore, it's also a way to provide sensory input. Yeah, and I'm going to add to that because by using the sensory element to a story, it makes it much more accessible and inclusive to people who may not understand or use words but they can explore the sensory elements and therefore be much more activity, much more active participants. Yeah, good point, Andrea. Look, we're also specifically referring to stories here, not books, as some of these stories are in that traditional book form with pages to turn. But we're also referring to stories that are presented in a box or a bag. Now, remember I said in the last podcast that the great thing about stories is that there is an inherent structure that when you introduce sensory elements, they come in a predicted sequence. And knowing what's going to happen is less arousing for the nervous system. And also people can start anticipating what's coming next. And because of that, they can then become active participants in the activity. Now, the last podcast on the beach story, we looked at a multi-sensory story, but it's more of a group activity. And in essence, we were sort of setting up um, a a multi-sensory theatre experience. This podcast, we want to focus more on the concept of multisensory stories and storytelling from an individual perspective. Now, these stories can be used as a group activity, but the focus really is on the person. And because of that, you can start to build a connection with individuals because you're developing scripts based on their specific interests. Now, Andrea, I think you've developed Libby's story, haven't you? So do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I wanted to develop a story for one of my clients um, to share an an enjoyable experience that she'd had in the past. Um, So we had to work out something that we could um, work on and we considered a holiday, a special outing or event such as going to the footy that she really enjoyed. Because what we thought is that um, most of us really like sharing our experiences with our friends and colleagues and we usually do this through different communication methods, such as chatting to our friends, showing photos and social media. You know, it's a great way we get to relive the experience and pe- pleasurable memories associated with the event. And I wanted to create that in a more inclusive way for Libby. So she, although she doesn't read and she accesses the world at a very sensory level, we wanted to find ways that she could enjoy that experience and share it with others. And I also wanted to ensure that it was a resource that um, the people that supported her could easily access and set up as a a great interactive activity. All right. So so how do you actually do that, Andrea? The starting point is, remember in previous podcasts, we we spoke about taking time to set things up to be successful. 
And that's what we needed to do with the story idea. So um, one of the simplest ways you can do this is to create a sensory-focused story, which is stored in a bag. And you can see that in the resources that we've got. You can put all the materials in it and you can keep a copy of the script so it's easy. So that way so it's easily accessible and you can get to it at the right time. You don't have to waste running time running around getting all the resources together. You just have to grab the bag and go. All right. So you had the idea on how to make it easy to use, but how did you start with developing the actual story? Well, the first thing is we had to think about what was really important to Libby and the experiences she really enjoyed. Um, we thought about things such as going to the zoo, a holiday, a visit to the beach, going out for afternoon tea. You know, there were many we thought about. Once we decided which outing we wanted to focus on, we then considered which parts of the event that she particularly enjoyed and how she engaged in the experience. Okay. So what's the story you and Libby came up with? Yeah, so we came up with a trip that, really, that Libby really likes, um, which is she likes to take a trip to the forest um, where we go for a walk and we feed the birds. And then after that, we go to the cafe and have a hot chocolate. And that's a regular visit that she loves okay so once you and Libby had identified the story what were your next thoughts well first of all I know Libby's Libby experiences the world in a very sensory level so it's really important for me to consider the sensory elements which was included on the trip yeah and because you and I are OTs when we're looking at sensory assessments we are looking at people's sensory preferences so that gives us some ideas of what to put in the story and these sensory preferences are not just gathered through our observations, but also through discussions with family and support staff who know the person well. Absolutely. And for Lily, I knew that she liked the, she liked the taste and textures of certain foods. She likes to explore a range of things she can touch, such as fur, feathers, soft clothing, all kinds of things like that. And she also likes lots of colour and she really enjoys some, but not all auditory input. So she likes softer sounds, like the sound of rain and gentle music. Oh, okay. So you've thought about the sensory elements of the story, but then how did you develop the script? Well, that was quite easy, actually, because what we did was we went through what we normally do and created a table of what happened, what sensory elements Lily could explore at that point of the, the story. Oh, okay. So, look, we've actually got a copy of that script on our resources page, but, Andrea, could you just talk us through some of the elements of that story? Yeah, well, an important part of the story was when she actually got off the bus and put on her hat and scarf, as that signified the beginning of the actual story. So in the bag was a hat and a scarf, which she, which she liked to feel before she put it on. So that was the first part. Then after that, we started to explore the natural environment by doing things like feeling bark and exploring the gum leaves. And also because she liked to smell, we also crushed some gum leaves to release the scent. And I the funny thing is, Susan, oh. uh, you've got to think about these things. I um, did learn that when you kept repeating the bag story with the gum leaves, what was going on is that she that the, the scent of the leaves was going. And so I learned that I had to regularly um, replace the gum leaves or else the other thing I did a couple of times was just add in a couple of drops of eucalyptus oil. So it's just being ready that things have changed in the bag, believe it or not. Yeah. Actually, look, Andrew, in one of my stories, I had the smell of pine leaves, but we just use those car air fresheners because you can easily replace them. Oh, that's 
brilliant. I never thought that one. I'll definitely use that if I need to again. There's all kinds of smells that you can get from air fresheners, vanilla and, you know, whatever you wanted to use. Yeah, so moving on to other aspects of the story, um, Lizzie also likes to listen to the sound of um, laughing kookaburras. And I was thinking, oh, I know that's really important. How am I going to make that work? So um, I was really lucky because in the shop where the park was, where we went, they had some... uh, some uh, kookaburra toys soft toys and when you press them they make a kookaburra laugh um which is brilliant because i could have used the sound of phone but using the soft toy that laughed when you pressed it it was brilliant because it was soft and colorful and she loved to look at it and feel it and she could actually even press it to make the kookaburra noise herself and having the object of the kookaburra was a great opportunity for turn-taking and showing a joke. Yeah, look, and I think it's really important to have humour because you really connect through a laugh, don't you? Look, the whole script is actually on the resources page, but Andrea, was there anything else in particular you wanted to talk about now? Yes, um, I guess what I really want to emphasise is how to use the sensory elements in different ways to create a multi-sensory experience. Um, So each individual object or item that you have, you can manipulate it to use it in different ways to provide different experiences. So um, what I did manage to do was buy some lovely coloured feathers from the $2 shop. And that was great because I know she really likes bright colours. So that was visually interesting. But then we also threw the collar, cut the feathers up into the air so she could watch them and track them. And that was fun. Watch them gently float down. And then we gathered them up, gathered them up and explored and felt the textures. So we were using the feathers in multiple ways. So if you go back to the script, you'll see um, other examples of how we use other things in different ways. Mm. Yeah, That's great. Thanks, Andrea. And look, we also talked about a story needing a beginning, middle and end. And we, stu- we spoke about the beginning being getting ready for the trip and exploring the hat and the scarf. And you've also talked a bit about what happened in the middle of the story. But how did you end it? A good question. We finished it how we always finish the activity in reality. Sorry, what do you mean by that? Well, we always finished the trip in the forest with a trip to the cafe and had a hot chocolate and marshmallows. So that's what we did in the sensory story. Oh, I like I like that ending. I'm a bit partial to chocolate, I have to say. Me too. <laughs> but anyway, um, so that actually meant you had to be prepared at the beginning of the story and make sure you had the marshmallows ready to go then. Yes, absolutely. So in the bag, uh, we always keep a, ma- a mug, um, a bag of marshmallows sealed and uh, a few sachets of hot chocolate. So um, it's ready to go um, and always we're ready to, to start it off and she knows she's going to get a hot chocolate at the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Susan, I know you've done a few similar ideas in bags and boxes. Did you want to talk about yours? Yeah, sure. Look, I first came across the idea of bag books from a website, website in the UK, which is www.bagbooks.org. But look, don't worry if you didn't get that because the link's also in our downloadable resources. Now, bag books have got a number of books for sale, but you can also download scripts and make up your own books based on their scripts. Um, and, you know, and it actually gives you some ideas of the different types of stories that you can do. But look, I realised it was a bit difficult getting resources from the UK. And I've been very fortunate to have met Sarah Noonan, who lives in Victoria. 
and she's been making sensory-focused stories for me. Now, some are in the form of a book with sensory items that are attached by Velcro so they can be pulled out and explored, whereas others actually are in this bag or a box. Now, the concept of removable pieces from a book was an important consideration because some people can actually reach out to touch things. And so sometimes what happens is that person's hand is taken down to feel these objects. But people can lose this, this sense of control if they feel that somebody's actually pressing down on their hand and making them feel something, you know, because you just don't feel you can get away. But in this way, you can take the objects off, off the book and drape it over the person's hands or other body parts, and they can pull away if they don't want to. So they're much more in control of that situation. And look, I've also found that some people actually enjoyed pull it, putting the pieces back on the Velcro. Um, and it was actually good because they could see where those bits had to go back on. And then others just loved the sound of that Velcro ripping off as things were pulled off. So there's lots of sort of extra sensory elements there. Now, look, I'm not as arty and crafty as Andrea. Uh, Susan, it's not that. You're just lazy. I love doing that. You just outsource it. <laughs> I do outsource it. You know, I'm, I, I, I play to my strengths, Andrea, and um, sort of art and craft is not really one of them. Um, but anyway, Sarah Noonan's um, contact details are actually on a script that's with the resources. And the script that she's written there is for Bill, who loves to go for a ride on the special bike with his sister, Diane. Oh, that sounds fun. Tell me more. Well, yeah, look, the actual bike is amazing. And Bill's family had purchased him this power-assisted bike. And there's a photo of Bill and Diane on the bike in the resources. But in, in essence, it's a, it's a bike with a wheelchair attached to the front. And because it's power assisted, it's easy to cycle. And um, so Diane cycles the bike and Bill sat there in his wheelchair in the front, loving the, you know, the wind in his hair and seeing things as they go past. And the great thing about this bike is that you can detach the wheelchair bit so that when they get to the cafe, because their story involves, you know, going to a cafe and having chocolate as well, she can actually take the wheelchair in. So it's just an amazing experience anyway, but also a used experience to develop his individualized story in a bag. So you can read about more about this on the resources page. Oh, that sounds incredible. It sounds like such a fun activity. On the, and I can imagine on those like wet days when you can't go out or, you know, when you're stuck indoors, to be able to recreate that and share that experience is amazing i i shall definitely go and have a look at that i haven't seen it yet so yeah so i think you know we've really shared a lot of information about sensory focused stories and activities but i'm just thinking back to one of the podcasts when we had one of those hold your thought moments where you mentioned something about using stories about when things go wrong do you remember Oh, yeah, I do. I, th I think, wasn't that when we were talking about cooking and I said it didn't matter if, like, the sponge cake turned out as a rock cake because you could actually create a yeah. this event. Yeah. Look, and that reminds me of a story I generated from a simple event when somebody forgot to take their morning tea to a cafe. So they could purchase a drink, but they required specific food, so they took their own. And this one particular morning, this person came back with a member of staff who kept saying, oh, no, guess what we forgot? We forgot to take morning tea. Anyway, I decided to use this catchphrase to, to include the person in the story. 
So every time come, somebody came into the room, room, I'd say things like, hey, Andrea, let's tell Susan what happened. So I'd set the scene. We were down at the cafe. It was a beautiful sunny day. We queued up for our hot chocolate. But what happened? And the person would say, oh, we forgot the morning tea. And I'd go, yeah, that's right. The chocolate was hot. It smelled great. Went to get the bag to get out the morning tea. But what happened? Oh, no, we forgot morning tea, said the person. So the story was quickly generated in a way that she could be an active participant in the storytelling with the catchphrase. And she just loved it. You know, every time somebody new came into the room, we'd tell this story again. And she was just so animated and really pleased to be part of this storytelling. Anyway, for those who can't talk, I've also used buttons where you can record a phrase and the person presses the top of the switch for a pre-recorded catchphrase. So some people may already have the Big Mac recording switches, but there's also cheaper versions, which are just called recordable talking buttons, and you can look that up online. Those sound great, and I think they're quite cheap, so um, I would definitely have a think about using some of those. And I have to say, I really love the idea about making stories out when things go wrong. I think... Um, we have a bit of a habit of things going wrong and thinking it's really terrible. And those conversations go on with staff behind closed doors rather than really having a bit of like reflection back with the people that were actually involved. So, yeah. And, and it's like one of those every moment has a has its potential. Mm. Those moments have their potential in themselves to create a story. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I remember there's one where um, the, a washing machine flooded in the house and that can create a lovely sensory story with the soap bubbles going everywhere. And also I remember another one. Look, I don't know how this happened, but all of a sudden there was a crash and the freezer door <laughs> fell off the top of the fridge. I don't know how, but, you know, you could create a story around that as well. <laughs> But anyway, look, I actually came across the idea of storytelling from Nicola Grove, who visited Australia quite a few years ago. And she's got a website on storytelling and performing, and it's at drnicolagrove.com. But again, that's in the resources. Um, so if people are interested in finding more about storytelling, please go and visit her website. One tip she had was for people to write down the little mishaps on a post-it note and put it into a box. And that way, once a week, people can go through the notes and decide which ones you're going to create a story out of. Now, the other thing on her website is this, this quote, which I absolutely love. It says, storytelling means nothing if it doesn't connect with you and me now. And it's all about connection, right? And presenting stories in a way that everybody can be involved so this connection can help people feel seen and heard and therefore valued. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a great way to um, finish this session off because it's really what we've covered today and on the previous podcast about that connection within storytelling and being present. Yeah, I'm going to definitely check out a pod her uh, information as well because uh, I'm going to put that in my toolbox too. Whew, we've covered a lot. I think it's probably time to wrap it up. Um, so just to remind all you listeners that the resources should be linked to the podcast. And we hope you've enjoyed this one. Happy listening. And we'll see you both next time. We'll see you all next time. Yeah, thank you again, everybody, spending time with us. Bye then. Bye.